to be honest. We've been a little too productive on the podcast lately, like all the guest episodes and the special episodes and such, so it's time to do a cha time. Hi everyone, and welcome back to To Be Honest. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Amy. It's been a while since Grace and I have really just sat down and talked to each other. So why not do a chow time today? It was funny because we were like, independently of each other, we were like, hey, um, you know, it's been a while since we've actually done like a podcast with just us two. Do you want to do a more chill pod? Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, you want to do a chill podcast too? Wow. Okay, wait. Ooh. Yeah, let's, let's do that. And like, <laughs> it was really funny because... Like, it wasn't like one of us influenced the other person. We just both independently came to this conclusion. We're like, yeah, let's record a cha time. So here we are. And in cha time fashion, let's start it off this way. How's your life going right now? Ooh, okay. I'm actually really glad you asked that. It's funny because I feel like right now I'm in the stage where it's just like on the brink of getting my life together, Mm -hmm. kind of, sort of. And so... I, on Wednesday, I went back to my youth for the first time in a while. I hadn't gone back in like two months because of COVID and everything. But now we're like, okay, we're feeling a little bit safer. So I went back to my youth and I had like a great time there on Wednesday. And then on Friday, I was like talking to one of our friends. And then on Saturday, I went to volunteering. And like I was talking to some of the volunteers there. And I also had a really good time. And so I feel like my social extroversion bar was just filled to the max and I didn't even notice I didn't even know this at the time but like I feel like for a while I haven't been getting nearly as much you know social time slash my extroverted meter (laughs) hasn't been filled as much as I would like it to be and especially with COVID too and so like I didn't realize how much um, my social life or like my extroversion bar contributed to my overall well-being because after that it was like a chain reaction and I started getting more sleep I don't know why but for a while I had been having trouble sleeping like falling asleep and I wasn't getting nearly as much sleep as I normally did and like nearly as much sleep as I should and so I wasn't feeling you know my best well-rested self but after 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 that like talking to a bunch of people and getting my extroversion meter filled It just felt like, I don't know, suddenly my sleep schedule was fixed and suddenly I felt more motivated in school and just motivated in life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I made my bed. (laughs) And it was was funny because like for a while since, um, I kind of have been feeling not all that motivated in school just because my semester two classes, like I do have more friends in my semester two classes and I do like my classes. It's just that, I don't know, a lot of my classes kind of have that more quiet, nobody's really talking, everyone's kind of just brain dead vibe, which isn't, you know, isn't exactly my favorite, but it's all right. We're, we're, it's okay. But all of a sudden, I just felt so much more motivated in school. And I was like, I was refinding that kind of love for learning and love for being in school. I was previewing my pre-calc notes. And I was like, I don't know, I was just, it just felt like school was getting so much more interesting just because I had a better mindset. And it, I feel like it's the definition of just like all of a sudden you see your world in brighter colors, mm. which 
it, it was just so nice. So I'm in a very good place. Thank you for <laughs> Yes, I'm glad to hear that. And while you're saying that, I was just thinking like, is everything in our life just like a formula? Is there a set, a checklist that we can use? I guess this is what people do, right? A checklist we, people use to go like, okay, 30 minutes of social time, 30 minutes of exercise, um, make your bed in the morning, da 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 da. Is like, is checking off all of those things, will that make you have like the perfect life or whatever? We put you in a perfect mood every single day. Okay, that's really interesting because I was listening to this um, self-improvement podcast wow. the other day and they were basically talking about this whole idea of the Tumblr slash like early lifestyle YouTuber, like perfect life kind of idea. You know how um, earlier on, like a couple years ago, I sound so old now, <laughs> but <laughs> back then there were all these lifestyle YouTubers who would do like room tours and like day in the life of kind of things where everything in their life was just pristine Instagram picture perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole idea where so many people feel like they have to be that girl. I've been hearing this trend. Yeah, going that on girl. I've I've TikTok, been seeing that too. No, I'm not on TikTok. On my Instagram reels. Yeah, but everyone feels <laughs> yes, Instagram reels. And everyone feels that pressure to be like that girl. And it's almost an all or nothing mindset. It's like as soon as you can't be that girl, then what's the point of trying at all? Yeah. And it, it's kind of almost like a slightly toxic may I use the word sure. um, behavior where it's it's just um romanticizing life to an extent where it's either like all or nothing and because it's impossible to have a perfect life you're gonna reach a point where you're just you mess up and then it'll be hard to get back up because it's like oh I messed up already today's day is already ruined mm -hmm. um can't salvage it it's not gonna be the perfect day anyway so like what's the point of even trying and I feel like in that sense having a daily checklist every day is a little bit constraining almost where I guess it's nice to have structure in a day like I certainly prefer having structure to my days but at the same time it just feels like such a robotic way to live there's like no spontaneity you know mm -hmm. I agree and you know like what a lot of the things you're putting out there uh it's like I think I mentioned Atomic Habits before and then I feel like that's like the standard mm -hmm, yeah. self-improvementy book out there and yes. then like yeah <laughs> one of the ideas was that um a lot of the time um when people are trying to improve their lives the part they go wrong in is believing that it's all or nothing mindset like the new year's resolution things mm -hmm, where yeah. you're going like okay yeah. i'm gonna go to the gym every <laughs> single day and then that doesn't work out because mm -hmm. like i think his main message in there is just like you have to slowly build up an improvement in your life and just make a positive change every single mm -hmm. day rather than just suddenly committing to a huge life change yeah and he also does address the issue of your life becoming less spontaneous and like less exciting if, if it seems like you're following a checklist every day i think his rationale to that was that once you have your life more together and then you're able to make sure you're in a better mood or whatever then like more time will free up for you to do whatever you want which is like I guess a little wishy-washy mm -hmm. maybe I read it wrong it was a while ago but yeah I do think it's an interesting question because I would agree um in the idea that a lot of the people who do have their lives together 
do kind of live less spontaneous lives or maybe that's just like the stereotype talking to me of like the hot mess you know the girl who's just like does not have her life together but like everything's she has like so many interesting events and drama and it seems like her life's the most interesting thing ever um like she's a girl people make movies out of you know people don't make movies out of those la girls making their matcha lattes every single day so (laughs) so yeah it is interesting and then I wouldn't be surprised if the truth behind it or whatever would be like, oh, it is kind of like a give or take one where sometimes you might have to sacrifice a bit of spontaneity in order to get like the more balanced mm. life and then have like a more calm mind or whatever. Because I feel like that makes sense too. Yeah, and then totally. Sometimes you just can't have it all because those do seem like very conflicting uh, values. And you know what's funny, actually, like listening to you talking about that, I was just kind of reflecting on my own life. And I feel like when I feel like I had my life together, kind of, sort of, I definitely was following more of a routine and I definitely was more busy in my life. Like even during quarantine, at the start of quarantine, even though I wasn't busy in the sense where I had a super full schedule with like extracurriculars and stuff I still kept myself busy and I still had a schedule that I set for myself every day and I had like time where I would stretch slash workout slash play piano and all of that stuff and I feel like by structuring my days like that I definitely was more productive but the funny thing is I don't think that my life was all that boring I, I'm honestly not sure why this is. I guess I'll have to like delve deep into myself and think about it a little more. But I honestly did not think that my life was that boring. Obviously, I didn't have a lot of drama in my life, but um, it was it was kind of just exciting going through my day-to-day process. Like, for example, one of the things when quarantine first hit and I was keeping myself busy, one of the things that made life exciting was seeing progress. Like, seeing, I was really working on getting my oversplits and seeing the progress of, like, hitting my goals. And, like, same with piano. I was trying to learn these new songs and seeing the progress of like getting closer to learning those songs. It was very exhilarating and it made life just like, it kind of just felt like I was living on a high and I was just um, working towards a goal. And that was what made life exciting for me, which I don't know. It's kind of interesting now that I'm thinking back on it because I definitely have less of a structured, formulaic life now. And I wouldn't say that my life is more dramatic or interesting. Because even when there's room for spontaneity, spontaneity doesn't always happen. Like right now, my life is not super, super busy. Um, And there's a lot of room for like spontaneous stuff to happen. But a lot of the time, because I'm not in the best mental space, I don't take initiative to like... um, to take advantage of that room for spontaneity and actually make spontaneous things happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to stick ourselves in a box either, but I think it is kind of related to our personality as well because I wouldn't call myself the most spontaneous person either and it's been something that I've had Mm. to like pursue in going like okay just go for it Amy you know so yeah yeah, (laughs) I can definitely say that and then also something I wanted to bring up was that when you're talking about the that girl as a trend I I wanted to relate it to this other idea we were kind of talking about about how societal trends kind of like lead people down these paths and then we 
I, I would agree in saying that they don't really understand like the full extent of it or whatever or feels like they're just doing it for the trend, right? Or they're just doing it because other people say it's good. And then that reminded me of yeah. volunteering um, at our school or like just oh, leadership yes. and all those things, um, all those like extracurricular things because I remember for a while I had an issue with all of the like random student organizations popping up and i was just like you know what these people are ingenuine they don't actually want to make change in the community they just want something to put on their resume Mm -hmm. and then i'd say there's like some truth to that um i think um from what i've experienced especially in like the world i have seen there are definitely a lot of cases where people are just doing things with and their main motivation is to make it look good on their resume, but also a lot of the times, like a lot of good comes out of those like initiatives that people take. And then like those clubs certainly don't do anything bad for the world. It certainly doesn't do anything bad for them. Like it's only doing good, but I was just like judging them because I was like, it's not really coming from your heart. It's coming just from external validation purposes, motivation stuff. But it's like, Mm -hmm. even with the podcast, even um like although i love the podcast very much like i can't deny that in the back of my mind i was like damn this might look good on good on university applications maybe or it's like it's gonna give me something good to write about so like i'm not gonna say that the podcast like started out from an ingenuine place either but like there is i mean we we live in a society (laughs) that's something my friend says (laughs) we live in a society and it's like that pressure is always gonna be there even if i go like oh my god i am so passionate about the podcast like I feel like there would still be that thought in the back of my mind either way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this too, but like who are we to judge on morals really? Yeah. (laughs) Because even if you aren't volunteering for for volunteer hours for school, you're probably also volunteering. Like sure, you're volunteering to help out the community, but also maybe you're volunteering because it gives you like work experience. Yeah. Maybe you're volunteering because it makes you feel good to help other people, but like it's also making you feel good. Yeah, yeah. That was was the whole question. (laughs) It's just like, okay, but are you really volunteering to help others or are you volunteering to help others to make you feel good about yourself so i know it's like in a strange twisted way like helping others is selfish because you're really just helping yourself and making yourself feel better about yourself yeah (laughs) but like (laughs) really philosophical argument i'm I'm pretty sure there's actually like a philosophical theory written by some random greek dude about that um (laughs) (laughs) the greek dude (laughs) yeah too many of them um Mm -hmm. what was i gonna say um but but, but, but i definitely agree to oh yes but they all to they all like ultimately end up in good places anyways like they don't do any harm they only do good so it's a good thing right Mm -hmm. for society to value extracurriculars and like volunteering and helping others and starting your own podcasts and stuff like that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i think so and speaking of like the whole volunteer hours thing, I found it really interesting because I read this, I guess, essay the other day and I sent it to Amy actually because when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was basically talking about how good these compulsory volunteer hours are. And like, it was how also much talking about how bad do. it was though. Yeah, Yeah. it was also talking about how bad it was. But it was talking about how a lot of studies have been done to show that these these compulsory volunteer hours um, do more good and students who do them um, 
like say that they feel I don't know higher academic achievements slash better about themselves slash more involved in the community and all of this stuff and like are more likely to become volunteers in the future and like involved members of their society when they grow up Mm -hmm. and then it goes on to have a more negative view (laughs) where it's like well even though there are all these studies um most of these studies are just looking at volunteers in general and not at like the actual motivations behind these volunteers behind these student volunteers and like they found that most of the people who did it just for school didn't actually end up continuing volunteer like volunteering as they grew up Mm. and that was an interesting spin to put on it but I do think that it is a more negative view on the whole situation because like Amy said I think that there's a lot of good to be done even if you don't volunteer in the future volunteering as a student and kind of almost being forced to volunteer a little bit Mm -hmm. gives you a lot of really good experiences Mm -hmm. and helps you learn a lot of things and also it'll it might like give you an idea of a career path that you might like because like you're volunteering for something that might be related to a career path that you want to take or maybe it'll help you realize that you really like this thing that you didn't think you would like before or it might even I don't know make you like volunteering when you thought you didn't before like I think that there's definitely no harm like Amy said in trying out volunteering and like kind of making it mandatory for students to at least be a little bit more involved in their community because like I feel like if you don't try then how do you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um also like Another really big plus on volunteering is that you get to meet so many new people. And then I think especially for high school students, that's really important because a lot of us are just like stuck in our own little shells of like people who are pretty similar to us. And um, Mm -hmm. being able to volunteer and being able to like view this other part of life is definitely really useful. And then I was also thinking like it's the whole idea is really similar to um, how I started to play piano because I remember I was super against learning piano at the start just like and I mean like <laughs> little Asian kid fashion like your parents are trying to pressure you into doing something and you're just like no um but piano has <laughs> become like a really big part of my life and then now I am very grateful that I was pushed into piano but like mm-hmm. you, there's also that argument to be made that oh maybe I feel less like genuine around piano because I have had some issues around like me thinking I'm a phony in piano in the like music world or whatever because I'm just like okay but like oh my gosh we just we, had, we just had this conversation like, before we recorded. <laughs> yeah where I was like oh do I really like music though or do I just like kind of like piano because I had to do it all those years because I have never really been one of those people who are able to just like pull up in their piano or the guitar or ukulele or whatever and just like give me a song, Grace, and then you just, like, go, like, okay, D minor, oh, and start singing with it, and, like, I did not really understand the music theory behind it or anything like that, I I was, like, the sheet music and memorize and learn how to play type of person, but, like, that's also brought good into my life, and I don't want to, like, invalidate my accomplishments and my involvement in music either, but, yeah, like, there is, and you've put so much hard work into it. Yeah, too. yeah. But there is that argument to be made that, like, oh, maybe I didn't really love piano at the first place. I just, like, found myself doing it, and then I found to, like, accept that reality or whatever. So who knows? <laughs> but I think you do like it now. I do like it. And also, like, little kids don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I have had moments where now I look back and then 
I'm just like, you know what? I know my parents were doing what was good for me, even though I was super against it in the past. But shh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think that it's, like you said, it doesn't really matter how you get into a hobby, but once it becomes something that you like. I mean, like all kids... Like, people who have hobbies in, I don't know, sciences or, like, hobbies in school subjects, all kids, they all are kind of forced to learn these school subjects in elementary school and everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't think it really matters how you encounter something or how you get into a hobby. But, like, once it becomes a hobby, who cares how you got into it? Like, it's something that you enjoy doing. And I don't think you should discredit yourself for that. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me, There, I remember there is this psychological theory, I forgot the exact name of it, but I think it's like Theory Y and Theory X, where it's mm-hmm. talking about workplace motivation, and one of them, I forgot if it's X or Y, um, says that like they need to be disciplined or whatever, or like the boss needs to tell them what to do, and the other one is like, oh no, if you treat them well, give them freedom or whatever, then they're going to be self-motivated mm-hmm. to do their best, and like obviously that's the one we want to believe that's true, but also like mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical <laughs> about it because I am a prime example of if you don't tell me what to do, I'm just not going to do it, Minecraft and sleep, <laughs> that's the ultimate lifestyle, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I I know that like school assignments and then like pursuing a higher education and learning piano and everything like they're all good things in my life and they enrich my life a lot and I'm grateful I do them but like if no one pushed me into it I wouldn't have done it (laughs) but I mean is that kind of similar for the podcast too I mean like no one really pushed you into it but like we were like, okay, let's start it. We had to kind of set a mm. deadline for ourselves almost. Because we were like, if we don't say no, we're never going to start it. That's true. Okay, but then I will be honest. Like, I don't think if I didn't have that pressure of, like, me wanting to feel like I was going to do something special or, like, me wanting to kind of do something to stand out. Like, this isn't necessarily academics or, like, university-related mm-hmm. either, but there was, like, some external pressure for me to do the podcast mm-hmm. that wasn't exactly just because, oh my god, I want to talk to Grace <laughs> every week and talk about our feelings and share them with the world. And, okay, that makes it sound like I'm condescending <laughs> us. I'm not condescending us. I just... But <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I like the podcast. But... I'm not completely certain if I would have started the podcast if I didn't feel that pressure of me feeling like I needed to do more or that I wasn't doing enough. Mm. So, I don't know. It's like, I I feel like we have kind of talked about this indirectly through schoolwork before. Because mm-hmm. you're like the theory, the good theory person who um, you always advocate for like developing a genuine love for learning and for like pursuing your hobbies and your passions or whatever um mm-hmm. while well, I'm kind of just like going like grades ah <laughs> well, in other words I'm yeah. kind of like an idealist <laughs> and I want to believe that all of these like what you were saying about I think you said the y theory or the y either the, y. the x or the y theory whatever okay. I, I can search it up right now actually yeah. no I cannot because I <laughs> don't worry about the it the positive one like I'm totally an idealist and I totally like try and censor the more negative things from my life and like try to believe only the positive is true and like Mm -hmm. toxic positivity it's not all butterflies and rainbows and sunshine yeah (laughs) I mean I think there is like truth in both Mm -hmm, definitely okay if we're talking about like 
the psychological truth or whatever, like the truth, natural truth, there is probably an answer to that question, like on whether people are usually, if people need like some sort of external motivation, like whether people are able to just like motivate themselves to do productive things without like external factors. Because I remember on one hand, like I asked, um, I asked like this old dude, about it once <laughs> he's old he's getting his master's um but he's old um and i think someone asked like oh do you think humans are inherently lazy and then he was like yes 100 percent yes like um this is where like evolutionary psychology comes in i remember we talked about this once and he was like we are hardwired to conserve energy and if we don't need to do unnecessary thinking and unnecessary work then why would we do it but at the same time like i feel like you can still use this evolutionary psychology thing on like oh, maybe humans, maybe the reason humans came this far is because we had that urge to um, innovate and to uh, seek progress and to like uh, fulfill our curiosity and to do cool things. I think that is a really big quality that we look up to a lot. And I think there is truth in that as well. So I'm not really sure. (laughs) Someday I want to do an episode where I talk about like the university essays i wrote but then all of my university essays went way past the word count so i had to like cut them down into their like bare bones i remember i i was so proud of this paragraph maybe i should pull it up wait um five to ten business days give me a second i'll read the question 1977 chemistry nobel prize winner Ilya said the future is uncertain dot 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 but this uncertainty is at the very heart of human creativity the covid19 pandemic has given us all profound lessons at living with uncertainty and being creative what is something that's changed during the pandemic that you think should continue afterward how do you think the new normal of after covid19 should be different from the old okay i'm okay i i'm bad at addressing questions apparently um but anyways, for the first part, the uncertainty and the creativity part, this is my introduction to that. <laughs> I read somewhere once that being scared of the dark didn't really mean that you were scared of the dark. You are scared of the danger hiding in it. Being afraid of the unknown is undeniably a part of human nature, and it's served us well up to this point, keeping us away from potential danger and ensuring our survival. However, despite our fear, humans have always had a curious fascination with the unknown. That's because, as important as fear is for our survival, humans are even more captivated by the possibility of progress, and despite that fear of uncertainty, nothing draws us more than the possibility of something new hiding behind the darkness. And I was just like, <coughs> I, like I was so that. proud of that. Oh my <laughs> I didn't add it in though, I had to cut it out. I was devastated because oh. I didn't have enough words, and it took up like half the word count. Oh so my I was gosh. like, <sighs> but yes. I don't how did you even get here <laughs> ah okay that one if okay if that was true see i'm exposing myself now because i wrote that down but like it was kind of bs i don't know if it's true or not but that's kind of related to are humans inherently motivated to seek progress and to like venture into the unknown or everything or mm-hmm. are we are we lazy creatures you know what i'm i'm defecting to your side a little bit i do think that we seek <laughs> innovation and we seek progress and we seek the unknown yeah okay no i done it i was after reading my paragraph again <laughs> no reverse reverse psychology i made you come up with the point that i've been thinking of all my life here was i reversed psychology interesting ideas and then mm-hmm. now that i am on another tangent about university applications is that i did 
kind of enjoy that one. Like, I enjoyed writing those questions particularly because it's for the really competitive program that I talked about once and that I, I'm like pretty sure I have no chance getting into but that also felt really good because I didn't have that much pressure while writing the prompts and also the prompts were fun you know so I didn't yeah. feel pressure to like make them perfect or whatever I could really just like write whatever I wanted and then that's when that was created I don't know I like having the creative freedom of just being able to write whatever I want so Mm -hmm, I think it's one of it was a good opportunity because I've been ranting about English class for a while and how we always have to do like literature and academic writing and I dislike doing expository writing I don't like looking at the language behind the stuff um (laughs) I like English but I don't I don't like looking at whatever the author did to do this I like talking about the grander themes but yeah I felt like that was a good experience Okay, I don't know why, but I feel like for a while everyone was writing auto <laughs> autobiographies and just like books. Like I don't know why, but there was this time where every influencer slash social mm-hmm. media figure was just coming out with their own book. It was like this trend. And I I honestly don't know why it exists. I feel like there's like the same thing with songs right now, where like every influencer is just coming out with music. But you know what? That's fine. Um, you know what? It's to make money, Grace. <laughs> That's the truth behind it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I remember reading Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. Like, obviously, he's not the president anymore. And then I'm pretty sure she says that they get most of their income from their books so really oh that's interesting yeah because like they're all best sellers you know so i i I don't doubt that they're able to sustain themselves off of their um book writings but i i don't know i was gonna say i saw something on my youtube shorts (laughs) the other day um competitor to instagram reels but that's okay about like a trend of like being east asian with like the whole thing with k-pop and like boba and i don't know all of that i don't know if it's just in like just like from what i'm seeing but i feel like recently there is like i see what the person was saying in terms of like it's almost like being east asian recently has become a trend kind of was this on the topic of like asian fishing kind of i guess but it just made me think like, of that, and I was like, we're, we're Chinese, so I was like, we are Chinese. I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Maybe. Okay, because like my first thought was the Asian fishing scandal with Ariana Grande and everything like oh, that, and yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember watching like this other girl who was talking about like East Asian fishing and black fishing and everything, mm-hmm. and then that's like cases where people from other cultures go to a different culture and then like start aestheticizing pieces that they like about it you know so Mm -hmm. in east asian culture that was like Mm -hmm. the fox eye trend kind of Mm -hmm, where a lot of people started looking a lot more asian yeah yeah and also i guess boba tea and everything cute whatever (laughs) um i mean i don't really have an issue with it i don't feel particularly strong emotions about non-asians getting bubble tea and trying the fox eye trend but Mm -hmm. I can definitely understand how some people might feel a little put off by it because it does have that sense of like, okay, you don't really care about anything. You're just like coming here, you like our eyeliner, you take the eyeliner, call it a day. So I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you entirely in the sense where, like, I'm not offended or anything. I think it's cool that people are kind of, like, getting into our culture with, like, the whole, I don't know, Chinese food, different makeup looks, and, like, boba mm-hmm. tea, of course, because bubble tea is good. Mm-hmm. And, like, I myself have been someone who has, like, gone up to my non-Asian friends and said stuff like, oh my gosh, you should totally try this Asian food, like, once the pandemic is over, we're totally gonna go and have this, like, type of Chinese food, and you're gonna love it, like, you should really try it, and, like, I've been super excited about stuff like that before. Um, Personally, like, I agree with what you said, personally, I don't really have a big issue with it, but I totally understand especially because i'm like a second generation chinese person yeah yeah. and so i'm not nearly as immersed in the culture i'm like pretty whitewashed to be honest um but Mm -hmm. so i totally understand that like to some people it might feel insensitive because um like Amy said, they're taking aspects of our culture and in some ways um, they could be like misrepresenting it or like manipulating it a little bit and like calling it Mm -hmm. or I don't know, others might perceive it as like, I don't know, Chinese culture or like East Asian culture when it really isn't. And so I totally get where it could be problematic in those ways. But yeah, I think like the main issue comes about when someone previously like was disrespectful to the culture in the past and now it's like Mm -hmm. oh now you're coming here just because you like this part of it yeah Mm -hmm. like I can definitely see an issue with that and then also I remember there was a controversy a while ago around this girl who was wearing a traditional piece of Indian clothing Mm -hmm. and she was wearing it in a really provocative way Mm-hmm. um totally not how it was supposed to be worn um and then like kind of goes against the whole point of it like in the culture anyways mm-hmm. so i i definitely understood like the outrage that came out of that um mm-hmm. and especially if you're not a part of that culture you know it feels really disrespectful because you don't understand like i don't know what this piece of clothing means to that culture yeah like, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I, I totally get it. I'm, like, kind of torn both ways. Because I brought this mm-hmm. up to my brother, too, and I was asking him for his opinion. And he was just like, well, you know, right now there's also this whole, like, I feel like it's really great that especially in our generation, people are very um, involved in social justice and, like, speaking up about different topics that they feel really passionate about and care about. And I feel like that's, like, so great and I really look up to people who do that. Um, But at the same time, there's, like, this stereotype going around where there are people getting offended on the behalf of people from a culture. When I was talking to my brother about it, he was kind of like, well, if you think about it, like, it's your culture. And, like, if you ask yourself, does that offend me? And then go on it from in that way rather than just trying to search for... I don't know, things that other people did wrong so that you can feel like you're politically right. But yeah. I don't know. It was it was interesting because he was also like very not offended by a lot of the things that I feel like maybe other people might be offended by. And it was kind mm-hmm. of interesting talking to him about that because he was like, no, I think this is fine. I think this is fine too. Like it's it's okay if people are getting involved in my culture because like it's not like 
it's not like I'm gonna gatekeep this culture from anyone if that makes any sense so like I totally get that point of view too where it's just like well especially now all the cultures are kind of like merging and with travel and everything you can experience so many different cultures and like it's kind of amazing being able to be immersed in all these different worldviews and stuff like that and that's super cool too so I I see it from Mm -hmm. both perspectives and then I think like the issue kind of comes about where it's related to cancel culture in the sense where a lot Mm -hmm. of people just like like jumping on to some type of internet sensation yes and feel like they're a part of something yeah I think that's yeah feeling like they're part of something that's interesting actually it's like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> their sense of community or is James Charles haters oh represent. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I do think that's part of it. I think you can evaluate it from a sociologist or like a psychologist's perspective where it's like all these people are craving like sense of superiority or a sense of, I don't know, like I've noticed people really like to criticize others. Um, sometimes I'm watching a video and I see an issue with it and then like I go into the comment section looking for criticism I don't know I think it's like something to do with how we how we like chaos or whatever it's like we really like nitpicking things and we really like criticizing people for things even though like everything else might be perfectly fine and well done but like if there's one issue with it we're just like huh you did this wrong and then I believe that that comes out of part a place of like wanting to feel superior kind of wanting to put people down to make you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. so I don't know awkward but also it's like all of these different uh controversies that are going on and then these different like things that are coming about like it's probably gonna end up in a history book someday or it's like someone in the future is probably gonna analyze this and go oh this event represents this so like the the whole like black fishing scandal and the east east fishing asian fishing scandals Mm -hmm. um it's like in the future this is gonna be used to talk about like to facilitate a larger discussion about like the kind of cultural revolution oh that's not a good phrase (laughs) this societal revolution this revolution in society that's happening right now and I feel Which is, like, like, kind of around the everyone becoming a lot more social justice and stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah mm-hmm. definitely. And I just want to add in, um, as we're talking about this, I feel like another problematic thing, or, like, kind of problematic thing that I've heard voiced a lot is that people are just labeling this as, like, the Asian trend. And, like, they're forgetting that Asian incorporates a lot of other cultures and not just, like, East Asian, not just, like, Chinese and, like, Korean and, yeah. So I feel like a lot of um, cultures are feeling like they're totally being skated over. And, like, people are just generalizing Asian as East Asian when it really isn't. And, like, a lot of cultures are just not feeling represented. And I just wanted to, like, add that into the segment to say that we we see and hear you and like we're with you (laughs) and I feel like change is such a beautiful thing because it happens kind of gradually and kind of slowly but like when there are a lot of people who kind of have the same motivation or like the same vision of the future 
it, it's really beautiful to see that change happen. And I feel like that's happening a lot in our society. Like what Amy was saying about all of our societal revolutions and everyone kind of like speaking up for change. I feel like our whole society is very much like we've done some wrong in the past. So like, let's try and make our society better for the future. And I think that that's a really beautiful message. So even though I feel like a lot of the time change is scary and it can be viewed as a bad thing, um, change also brings a lot of good things. And without change, we can't really grow into the <laughs> best version of ourselves. You know, and then that leads directly into the whole idea I was talking about with like uncertainty being at the very heart of human creativity and whatever. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, we never really know how our lives are going to go. And then a lot of times things don't go according to our plans. And a lot of the mm-hmm. times like unexpected situations arise that we didn't really expect. But like just as we like a really good book and we need like unexpected change because like that's the thing that pushes us to, I don't know, revolutionize our lives, yeah. to <laughs> grow, to become better people, to learn new lessons, to find innovative solutions to those problems. And ultimately you'll everyone gets past those problems and you come out a better person on top so it's okay because like even though change is uncomfortable you'll come out a better person on the other side and we believe in you and you've got this (laughs) and i think sometimes like we don't know why things go wrong um but sometimes they just do and then that's part of life and i've also learned to just accept change as it comes even though it's hard and look for the new doors in my open. And kind of wrapping it up nicely, I guess, bringing it back to the start of the podcast, I feel like I've kind of been going through a change in my life recently, too. And I've, I don't know, I feel like it's been like a really good change because I feel like it's like a positive change and a looking forward to the future kind of change. And I feel like something that actually helped me a lot is listening to audiobooks and this is not sponsored but this brings us to the pick of the oh week oh my god i was expecting you to go like and this video is sponsored by audible <laughs> no actually well okay whereas audible I you wish. have to pay a certain amount of money every month and also it's connected to amazon my pick of the week for you is directly connected to the public library, or at least to Amy and I's local public library. I think wow. it's a bunch of public libraries, but there is this app that I recently discovered, and it is literally life-changing, and it's called Hoopla. And basically, if you download this app and you connect it to your library card, you have access to all these amazing free ebooks and audiobooks. And as someone who's always been trying to get you know more into reading but also had kind of like a busy life and a busy schedule it's like it's been amazing I've I'm currently listening to a few books and I've just had so much fun listening to them and like I'm sharing this purely on a like this changed my life and I feel like if you're interested in audiobooks this is a really great way to get them for free um kind of way so if you are interested in audiobooks definitely check it out if you're interested And if you happen to check it out, just like Amy says you will, and if you want to tell us how you like Hoopla, or if you just have any thoughts on the episode or like anything that you'd like to say, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram via 
at to be honest as always thank you so much for your support if you want to hop on over to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating it would be much appreciated and share this podcast to anyone who you think might be interested and with that we'll We'll see see you next week. week